this is Sarah Hart Unger from Best Laid Plans. Today's episode is going to focus on the monthly review. You probably remember, or maybe you don't, but back in episode two, we did an entire episode focused on the weekly review, which is really a series of tasks that I like to complete at the end of every single week to help me start my new week on the right foot. Well, not surprisingly, there are also rituals that I have kind of come to develop over the years for larger and smaller blocks of time that we'll get into in the future. There's a big annual review I do at the end of the year. There are quintile reviews or kind of like a quarterly review that I do once kind of a big section of the year is starting or ending. And then there is the monthly review, which happens pretty predictably 12 times a year at the end of each month. And during the monthly review, it's a time for you to look back on what you've accomplished, decide on what's worth moving forward, and to put some of those practical nuts and bolts in place so that you're not kind of blindsided by them later in the month. So just like I did for the weekly review episode, and again, that's episode number two. I've gotten a number of comments that that were a lot of people's favorite episodes, so definitely check that out if you haven't previously. I will link it up in the show notes. But we're going to go through step-by-step what I do as part of my monthly review. And first, I want to notice note that I don't always do this review exactly at the last day of the month or the first day of the month. Usually, if it's a weekday, I'm pretty busy. So everything gets tabled to the first weekend that's going to happen. Or maybe if I know that I have like a really open weekend towards the end of the month, I might do this early. There is some flexibility because especially with the budget part that I'm going to talk about, I need a little bit of a block of time that's going to be uninterrupted. And that's not necessarily just going to happen on a random Tuesday. So here we go. The monthly review, episode 17. And my apologies that this doesn't fall right at the start or end of any month, but you can certainly save it. That's the beauty of podcasts. And listen right before you are gearing up for December. Okay, so step one is to review my prior month's goals and lists in Apple Notes. So to clarify, my month's goals are usually in whatever planner that I'm using. I create like a page for the month, kind of like a little dashboard showing what I'm aiming to do and what I'm tracking. And then, as you know, I also keep a few kind of work goals pages and like someday maybe lists and things in Apple Notes. And I feel like the content in there that I'm saving is important enough to where I want my life to be headed that it's worth intentionally viewing it all every month or so. So on my list is to make sure to go through and just read through all the things that I'm hoping to accomplish and the the notes that I've left there. doesn't mean I'm going to start checking things off, but I just kind of want it all at the top of my consciousness as I'm deciding what to tackle for the coming months. So review the prior month's goals and lists and to take a moment to celebrate any successes. This is easy to forget, but sometimes when you check something off, you don't really take that time to reflect on, wow, I finished a big project, or even, wow, I read a record number of books this past month. And by forcing us to reflect on what you've done, I think it kind of helps to promote a moment of celebration that you probably very much deserve, but don't always take the time to do. Okay, so you look at the prior month's goals and lists, and not only do you celebrate, but you also reflect a little bit on the things not accomplished. There's a few potential fates for anything that didn't get done. You could forward it to the next month. So if something was important to you for October, but it didn't get done, it could go onto the November list. It could get tabled to a more vague timeframe. Like maybe it's something like a family photo book where you know you want to do it, but November is going to be kind of a hectic month and you'd rather just table it to some month in the future that's a little bit less busy. 
You could delegate it. Perhaps you were going to make a video and you realize that actually what you need to do is send the video's raw materials to someone else who makes videos for a living and let them put it together into a video. So that's another option that shouldn't be forgotten. And then finally, some tasks are just not worth carrying forward at all. And you should definitely take time to reflect on what they are. Because the ultimate time saver for a task that really isn't worthwhile is to just decide to leave it behind. Thank it for its, you know, presence on your prior list and send it on its way. I definitely do that sometimes. Step two for me in my monthly review is to do my monthly budget. My husband and I have been using You Need a Budget for years. We actually took, I think it was 2019 off. That was a very stressful financial year for us because we were trying to sell our house, but we were also paying rent on our new house. So I think it was partly just that we really didn't want to look at the mayhem that was happening with our personal finances. But once we got past that, in January 2020, having sold our house, thank goodness, we started using YNAB again to get a better understanding of exactly where every dollar of ours is going. So I am the one who reconciles it, although I give my husband props because he tends to keep it very current, especially recently. And as long as everyone's really, really good about entering transactions in as they happen, there isn't too much to do at the end of the month. It's not an automatic system though. You need a budget is a, it's an app that goes on your desktop and on your phone, but it doesn't pull from your bank accounts or credit. Well, it can pull from your bank accounts. I take it back, but it can't pull from all of your credit cards. So if you like to use credit cards so that you can get points for things as one does, then you have to manually go ahead and put the transactions in by yourself, which I actually kind of like because it forces an awareness that otherwise might kind of escape me. So I sit there at the end of every single month and I pull up our most, most, well, all of our credit cards that we use and I go through and make sure we didn't miss a single transaction entered into the program. It takes about an hour, not too long. And then you get the lovely reward of allocating the, I don't know, projected next month's dollars into your budget categories, which is very satisfying and kind of fun. So I do that every single month. So that way we kind of know where we are in terms of our expenditures for the year. We know what we have to spend. We know how our savings are doing and it just keeps us current. And a month seems like the right time frame. I really don't worry or look at it on a weekly basis. That's just 12 times a year that we really have to stop and take stock and think about our finances. And that's about right for these kind of small scale finances. I don't want to give any spoilers to future episodes, but we look at more larger scale stuff quarterly. All right, so that's steps one and two. Step three is to review any big events coming up in the calendar with my husband. So for example, for November, I know that I need to discuss Thanksgiving with him. I don't yet know exactly what we're doing, and it's something we kind of have to figure out so we know, I don't know, if there's anything that we need to do to plan ahead. So big events need to be discussed. And yes, I could honestly forget to do that if I didn't have it noted there to force myself. Because sometimes my husband and I are we work a lot and he comes home and we're tired and we'd rather just hang out and watch This Is Us than think about logistical things. But if you don't talk about logistical things in some sort of purposeful regular interval, then they can kind of come back to surprise you in not so good way. So this is on the list as well. Review any big events coming up with my husband. Of course, that could be with your significant other, with your friend, with your partner, or maybe just with yourself if you don't have anybody specific that you're sharing things with. Number four is to set actions for the new month. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. 
Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I typically use a page in my planner that's blank to kind of write down the goals and habits that I want to focus on for the coming month. This is specifically for the goals though, this actions. And I divide the goals that I want to meet into work goals, self goals, family goals, which include my husband and relationships, as well as the blog and podcast. So I set up those categories because I don't want any one category to be completely neglected. And I really think about what's important to me in the next month? What would I feel really good about having accomplished if I'm able to get everything done? And I write those things down. Sometimes one of the goals just might be a step in a larger project. Like maybe I want to complete the research for a paper that I'm writing. It doesn't have to be write entire paper on the list. Something that really fits within a month. And I write those down and I try to make them look nice because I'm going to be referring to this page fairly, fairly often. In my case, I love to show it on my blog and talk about what I might want to get done for the month, which I'm sure serves an accountability purpose as well. So I set all my actions of what I think I'd like to get done. And I also make sure that I go through and audit those lists that I have in Apple Notes because they can get kind of unwieldy and I don't always remember to delete things. So every month or so, I'll go through and just kind of clean them up a little bit. 
Number five is that I think about any habit goals to focus on for the month. You guys know I've talked about it a lot, but beginning at the end of September, I started something called Operation 100, which involved trying to spend less than 100 minutes per day on my phone, which was verifiable using the screen time app. I also set a number of, I don't know, provisions with this where I had to write down anytime I was going to go check my email or my blog comments that I was going to, I think, skip Instagram on the weekends entirely and only check once a day, midday, if I was going to check it. And that I was going to log the number of minutes I spent every day and then look at the average. I've been doing really well with these goals. And so for me, that's going to be my main habit goal to continue to focus on. I don't think it's great to have like 15 different habit goals because you're not really going to be able to focus on all of them at once. However, maybe there are two or three that really fit within the confines of a month. It's up to you. Everybody likes to do different things with their habits. Another strategy is to focus on a couple habits, but maybe make the things that you're working on very, very incremental. Like I'm going to walk outside for at least five minutes or I'm going to do at least two push-ups, you know, something really, really minimal. If you're, you know, want multiple things, you don't want to make them all multiple big things. So they should go on your sheet as well, in addition to the kind of action goals that you have. For me, the Hobonichi planner worked really well with this. There was a sheet at the beginning of each month that was blank and it just had the the name of the month. So I would use that. And conveniently in the Wonderland that I'm using right now, there is a monthly review page, overview and review. So it's two pages actually, one for the beginning and one for the end of month. And I think that's kind of nice because you can kind of use one page specifically to celebrate your accomplishments and one page to set up what you'd like to do for the next month. So both of those have built-in pages, but if your planner system does not, you could always just dedicate any kind of a blank page. You could use a separate journal or accessory notebook for this, or you could just use an electronic system like Notes or Evernote or, I don't know, probably even Trello. I still haven't experimented with Trello, by the way. I should probably put that on my monthly goals page. All right, so that's number five. And then number six is kind of funny. It makes me laugh because it's not really all that relevant post-COVID, but it was to look ahead 60 days and obtain any needed childcare. Have you ever noticed that when you need a babysitter and it's short notice, it's incredibly hard to get it? That's because the babysitter's calendars are already filled up with other people's events plus their own stuff. But if you ask them 60 days in advance, pretty rare that they'd say no, and they're not really that likely to cancel. At least that's been my experience. So I do tend to book my childcare far in advance, but post-COVID, we really haven't booked any childcare whatsoever. So this one's a bit obsolete, though I hope someday in the future I'll be able to use it again. I am going to add a number seven that wasn't on my original list, which is monthly is a nice interval to look at your reading list and your library holds list and make sure that you have some fun books coming your way. I use the library regularly. I know some people use the digital holds and some people use the physical I love physical books and I greatly enjoy getting them, but a lot of times the titles that I really want have a significant weight. So by staying on top of that and looking at my list at least every month, I will always have something great coming to be picked up at my local library. So there's a bonus step for you that wasn't on my original list. So there you go. This is a very short episode, I guess. It's funny. It takes a lot longer to do the monthly review than to talk about it especially the budget part. But I still think it's a very integral part of my planning process. And when I skip it for a month, I'm much more likely to have things take me by surprise. And I'm also much less likely to work towards the things that are really important to me because I wouldn't have taken time to identify exactly what they are for that time frame. So I'm going to read the list one more time and then I will leave you to think about your next monthly review. So number one was to review the prior month's goals and lists in whatever system you're using. 
remembering to take a moment to celebrate any successes, and to think about what you'd like to do with those tasks not crossed off your list. Step two is to do some sort of budget reconciliation. We use You Need a Budget, but of course, there are many other great systems out there. It is good to make sure you do this once a month, though. Number three is to review any big events coming up with any partner or significant other that has a vested interest in what's going on in your life. Number four is to make sure that you set actions for your month. So what would you like to get accomplished in each realm of life for the coming month? Be realistic, by the way. Don't name 50 things. It's much more, I don't know, satisfying to name a reasonable number of things and make progress on them than to have so many that you're not going to be able to get them anything done within a month. Step five is to think about your habit goals that you'd like to focus on. Those are things that you want to get done either every day, little steps forward on something, or things that you might want to do a certain number of times for the month. And then finally, step six, look ahead 60 days and obtain any needed logistical help. Maybe that's childcare in your case. Maybe it's pet care. Maybe it's, I don't know, home maintenance stuff. Not very applicable post-COVID for some of us, but someday there will be come a time again when this is important. And then finally, if you use the library like I do, don't forget to check out your library holds list and see where you are at the end of each month and make sure it's up to date with what you want to be reading. All right, a fairly short episode for you today. I will mention that I'm still greatly enjoying kind of breaking in and getting to know my Wonderland 222 planner, and I am leaning towards using it for 2021. Ah, I can't believe I've already identified my system with so many weeks still to go. I am going to keep my Hobonichi around. I debated actually selling it, but I don't know. What if I need a fresh start mid-year? It'd be nice to have that on hand. So there we go. That's my plan as of now. It could still change. There's a number of weeks left. I hope everybody has a wonderful start of quintile five, which by the way, I believe is the months of November and December. It's a time of reflection and kind of contemplation of what we want the next year to look like, which fits perfectly in with the kind of earlier dark skies and cozy weather. Well, some people have cozy weather. We just have less hot weather. Anyway, so I hope you're enjoying that. I'm going to do a quintiles review episode in the future, but for now, I'll leave you with this monthly review, and I will see you next week. As always, you can find the show notes at theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com, and then just click on Best Laid Plans, and you can scroll down and see all of the episodes and click on the episode that you're looking for. You can also find me on Instagram. I post every week at shoebox underscore plans, as well as the underscore shoebox. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.